I've recently ranked up in jujitsu and inherently started at the beginning of the line again with men that are much more involved in their game than I am. It is frustrating as hell, and it drives me nuts being behind in something. I get really self-conscious about it, and I start thinking things like, is this really something that I want to do? Do I want to be at the tail end of the pack? There's one particular man out there, out on the mat, who kicks my ass six ways to Sunday. I often dread these days that I have to roll with them. I'm pretty sure, knowing this guy, that some of those Greek god statues like Atlas were chiseled from his likeness. Yeah, I know the timeline doesn't make sense, but, you know, follow me along here. This guy is ripped, right? So I find, though, that I give him a lot of undue credit. I give him credit for how I feel about this situation. Is he strong? Hell yes. Is he fast? That's another hell yes. Is he a tremendous athlete? Of course he is. But is he the reason that I get frustrated? That I feel like giving up? That I started going backwards? We're going to cover that here in a few minutes after the intro. Leaders are not born in a womb. They are forged through heat. Sure. And a whole lot of sweat. The Fireforge Leader Podcast serves the audience through exploring leadership at work, in the community, and with the family. Using a practical perspective and real-life experiences from the host, Steve Baumgartner, and his guests in The Forge. Now, it's time to enter The Forge with the Fireforged Leader. What is up, leaders? Welcome to the Fireforged Leader Podcast. I'm Steve Baumgartner, your host and founder, and I would like to take you on a journey of this forge where we're going to explore lessons learned on the front lines of leadership. So let's get back to this jujitsu example I started with. As I stated, I recently went from the GB1 mat to the GB2 mat. And that's just fancy terms with, I kind of went from really newbie beginner to semi-newbie beginner. Uh, but this is really where jujitsu for me got a lot more physical. But it's also the place I went from being very successful against my competition to almost everybody being able to have their way with me. I've probably mentioned in the past that I'm around 6'3 and weigh in at about 240 pounds. Due to this, I get matched up with the larger guys. One of these is David. He's the gentleman that I've already talked about. And everybody knows David at the gym. You know, I heard one man go, yeah, David, he's a killer on the mat, you know, 
but everybody looks at him as this fully athletic man. And to be honest, he's a damn horse. He's one of those guys that you can just look at and tell that he's a force to be reckoned with. He's just a touch shorter than I am, but not by much. He weighs in about the same, but the difference in between me and him is David is very intentional with his fitness. I'm decent at fitness, but he is very intentional. And if I had to guess, he's no more than 10% body fat. And for reference in that, medical charts say that excellent body fat for men my age, and David's within the same age range, he's a little bit younger, but men in our age range should be 15 to 20%. And be frank with you, I envy this guy because he is completely dialed in. We get paired up more times than I would prefer for sure. Because, like I said, I can't stand defeat. It sickens me to lose, and I just absolutely hate it. In a short five to six minute round, he treats me like a tackle dummy. Or at least that's the way I feel about it. He uses quick bursts of speed and agility, and he quickly gets me in an armbar or triangle, gets my back or whatever. Ultimately, he wins. And I got to the point that I was so frustrated. I was cussing inside my head a lot. And maybe a few things were slipping out here and there uh, from time to time with David. He would kind of nervously chuckle. But I got more and more frustrated and quickly found out that it wasn't helping because he beat me quicker the more frustrated that I got. Jiu-jitsu is not a place where frustration helps you out. And to be honest with you, nowhere in life is, right? The more calm that we can approach something, the straighter our head is and the, the better that people that we're leading react towards us. But getting back to this, it's really frustrating. And it's really frustrating no matter where it happens in life. There's plenty of times in our lives that we go from being on the top of our game to not hardly being in the game at all. It happens in our home lives, with our spouses, with our children, as new things come up with our kids, the changing dynamics with groups that we're in, and it also happens in the workplace. So in this example... I don't know. It was maybe a week and a half ago, a couple days ago. I don't know. Uh, but I was sitting back just thinking about this, just pondering on it. Why did it seem like he was getting so much better and I seemed to be getting a lot worse rapidly? And what I came up thinking about this entire situation is it was simply my pride. More specifically, I believe it was leadership pride. And to explain that a little bit, the way I see it is that leadership pride develops over time. When you're starting to emerge or you have been a leader 
for a while in an area and you've stayed that way for a little bit. It develops over time because you're proud of yourself and your accomplishments. And it's not bad to be proud of your accomplishments, to be a proud or to be proud of yourself. The problem is, is when, and it really gets cancerous, when there is something that challenges you and you simply cannot rise to the challenge like I did the, in this example. And then further, if we can't rise to the challenge, we can't learn and apply new techniques to become better leaders. It stalls our growth or makes it go backward, to be honest with you. And that's what was happening to me on the mat. I was overtaken with pride. When I was on the beginner's GB1 mat, I was getting, I was starting to get looked up to. And I was helping out other people out on the mat with their learning progression, right? When I started on this GB1 mat, I was fully aware that I was going into something I knew nothing about. But as I started learning and helping other people, I earned this leadership role with my peers. And I love being in that seat as a leader. It makes me feel good to help others and they appreciate the help. And this is where my comfort zone is as a leader. After realizing this, however, I had a good chuckle about it because I've been in this position before and it's so easy to get out of. The hardest part is the battle within yourself. So after this epiphany, I'm not going to tell you quite yet, you know, what the answer is. But after this epiphany, I went back to class and I got paired up with David again. This time, because I knew the answer, the dread did not overcome me. Rather, I had a, I had a level of excitement because I was getting paired up with him. So we shook hands as we do in uh, jujitsu, you know, little slap, fist bump. And I'll tell you, I went out there and he crushed me like he normally did. And we got up and we restarted. Well, this time I got a little bit of a takedown on him. He probably let me have it, but I got him into a side mount. And this was my opportunity. But I got brain locked. I actually didn't know what to do in the, in the moment, right? So I stopped. And this gave me the perfect opportunity. When I stopped, he looked at me a little bit puzzled because he's used to me just being aggressive, right? But this time I stopped and he looked puzzled. And I opened my mouth and I asked, Hey, man. I'm a little bit stuck right here, but I've noticed you get here and you quickly transition into other moves. Can you help me out right now? And just like that, he walked me through about three or four different maneuvers to help keep that momentum going and make progress on my opponent. And guess what? Now, when we get paired up, he mentors me always when I ask, but he also gives me some mentorship when I don't ask, 
when he sees a gap with how I'm performing out there on the mat. He chooses to mentor me now, I guess, is a point that I'm trying to make. So something else that's funny is once that I dropped this leadership pride, I started getting better with David. I can hold my own a lot better. He still beats me, but it's all right now. But I also started getting a lot better with my other opponents. And I attribute this to two things. Number one, I was able to drop my pride and ask for help. And the second one is, is because David was ready, willing, and able to give me the help that I asked for. <laughs> and now I laugh about this a lot because I was starting to see David as this monster, this man who just wanted to come to the mat and slam me down and show me up. And it's amazing too, because I thought this way, but off the mat, we talk all the time. We both have boys that are the same age and we talk about them and how they're doing out on the mat, different things like that, how we like jujitsu. He's asked me a thousand times. He's like, hey man, I'd love to see you keep on showing up. You loving it or what? You know, uh, we have those kind of conversations. But I had this other story build up inside my mind when we were out on the mat. And it's weird how our minds can make up these stories about people that aren't even close to being true. In all actuality, he probably just saw me as a formidable opponent being the same size and, well, I don't know about shape, but, uh, you know, I'm a strong dude. And he was probably looking at me like a formidable opponent and was just trying to make sure that he was battle tested because he goes to competition. And he was taking that opportunity when he saw it. He wasn't thinking about me at the time. He was concerned about his own growth, how he was going to take down this other big guy, you know, different things like that, practicing his techniques. He was just con as concerned about his own growth as I am with mine. So what did we learn through this example? Well, first, it started when there was a shift, a shift from being in a leadership role to a more active student role. It was one that I didn't prep myself for, nor was I aware it was happening. I was envious of David. I was envious of a person in the same organization. And this should have been a red flag to me. I was living in a state of frustration and I actually felt like I was going backwards. I realized that I was battling my pride, not my opponent. And once that, that epiphany happened, I changed the dynamic simply by asking for help. The answer for help was quickly responded to. And it was responded to because I believe that David also likes those feelings of leadership pride. And I was asking him to lead me through my questioning, through mentorship. So how does this apply to the battlefields of leadership? Well, at home, 
Most of us realize with two healthy parents in the home that children shift from mom to dad and dad to mom and back again as they grow up. For example, in my life, I have a daughter that I was really close to being best friends with when she was a teenager. She came to me for everything. As she's grown into an adult, she's grown much closer to her mother and drifted away from me more. She's done this because she needs to navigate her relationships as a woman now. And now as a mother. And looking back on it, it makes sense why that relationship has transitioned like that. But overall, it didn't feel good. It was a slap to my ego. Out in our community, right? This probably happens more fluidly than the other battlefields because people go in and out of groups and engage or drop people easier because there's little to no consequence for it. The example that I used in jujitsu can be seen in multiple areas, right? For example, let's say that you're the leader of volunteer engagement for your church. You have You've tracked things in a spreadsheet for years and you stay on top of everything. You're the best leader that they've had in this role ever. However, this year, because of things that have happened in the community and what have you, the leaders of the church have now handed you this software that you need to use and track the different volunteers because it will tie all of the background checks together and be a better historian. And, you know, just it's the best thing out there. And you realize, well, crap. I'm no good at technology. And there's someone else that helps you that's better in this arena. At work, it's generally easy to see. And this has been my experience over the last 14 months, to be honest with you. As some of the longtime listeners may remember, I was the director of engineering for the company that I worked for. I was over multiple plants and I engaged with people in the engineering spectrum and dealt with a lot of people. And I'd been in engineering for 20 years of my career with the same company. And to get more time at home and to be able to focus on the things that I want to focus on, I chose to do a career change and took a plant manager job within the same company. I found out quickly, very, very quickly, that some of the skills that I had as a director in engineering, they transferred. But there was a ton for me that I needed to learn. I had never been on the operations side before. And I was no longer the big dog on the block. There were a ton of people out there that knew how to do this job better than I did. And I have a mentor in it now. So overall, how do we fight this thing that I call leadership pride? Well, here's my advice. First, we need to be aware of changes in our world. When we're more aware of changes that are happening, we can be more prepared. 
we need to understand what is changing around us. Is it technology? Is it people? Is whatever it is, we need to be aware of it. And then we need to see if we're staying in front of these changes or letting them hit us. There's a big difference in between that. Offense and defense, right? We need to be aware of how we feel about others around us because these should be red flags. Are we getting envious or jealous about other leaders around us? Formal or informal? And have we built up stories about these people in our heads? Stories that if we think about, do we truly believe? Once again, these should be red flags. We need to be aware of our own feelings about situations, right? Is the situation that we're dealing with feeling oppressive? Do I feel like throwing in the towel? Do I feel like I'm going backwards? These things are all indicators that we need to change direction. So we need to listen to them. They're simply metrics. We need to ask for help. We need mentorship from time to time. We need coaching. If we are envious or jealous, that probably means that someone else has something that we lack. We can learn from that person. And most people are willing to help because it feeds into their pride. And really, most people are just decent humans. So we need to treat them that way. So ask for that mentorship. When you get better, you just get to level up. But I guarantee you, you're sitting there struggling, you're going to continue to fail. And then once that we've done all that, what we need to do is we need to pay it forward. We need to be that mentor for someone else. As we grow, we need to help others grow as leaders. So let me recap that for a minute. We need to be aware of changes in our world so we can be more prepared. We need to be aware of how we feel about others around us. We need to be aware of our own feelings about situations. Both of these things can be indicators that we need to change direction or that we need to think about something differently. We need to ask these people for help that we're jealous of. They can be the best mentors. It shows us that there's a gap in between us and them. And then once that we grow, we need to pay it forward. So leaders, as always, you have come here to listen to this message. But listening is not enough. What are you going to apply this week, this month, and this year? Remember, when you become a better leader, you become a better spouse, a better parent, a better coworker, and ultimately that person that others want to follow in all of these realms. So grow in your leadership skills for your family, for your community, and for the ones that you lead at work. If you appreciate what you heard here today, I invite you to leave a rating and review. It helps us rank up in the podcasting metrics so that the message gets out to more people. So that you don't miss out on anything, 
hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you're currently listening to and continue to join us in the forge as we bring you lessons learned on the front lines of leadership. Lead with intent, my friends. You have just experienced the heat and pressure of the forge. Remember, words without action are meaningless. Now, after the heat of the forge, shape your thoughts, quench your brain, then put your new tools to use, adding to your leadership. Tune in next week for more lessons from the forge.